So if you've got your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Isaiah 7. Isaiah 7, 14. We have a title, The Expected King. The Expected King. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. You know, this really is a great time of year. And although I, you know, I joke about Christmas songs and, and, and stuff, well, I, I do like Christmas. I love this time of year because it always does mean getting together with family and friends. Always. I mean, that's a great time. That's a great thing about this time of, of year. But now here's the thing. What is, what is Christmas about? <laughs> is it about Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus? How many of you have been watching Christmas movies on, on TV? Oh, yeah. And you know, I like Christmas movies. <laughs> well, let me rephrase that. I like to watch about 50 a year, and then after that, I am done <laughs> with Christmas shows, okay? But you know, the, the Christmas tree, the presents, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that are here to distract us, but, but of course, we know the real meaning is the birth of Christ, but we still have to ask us each and every year, and I think it's important, is why do we, what is the real meaning of Christmas? I think we need to ask ourselves that just to bring ourselves and our children and everybody back in line. I mean, is it about Santa Claus? No, we know it's not. Is it about the presents? No, we know it. it's not about Rudolph, although we went to Fairfield last night, and we seen Rudolph, and we seen Santa Claus. And we've seen Christmas trees, but it really is about the birth of Christ. So, well, I wanna, what I want to talk about this morning is, is his, a little bit of history. And we're going to see where Santa Claus, kind of where he originated from, and uh, yada, 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 all that stuff. But we're, what we're going to do, we're going to start in the most current history, and then we're going to move our way back. And we're going to find out... And we're going to see why we do have this special time of year. So if we look back, everyone basically agrees that Santa Claus first appeared in 1831. 1831, that's 185 years ago. You know, that's really not that long ago. The Christmas tree, roughly between 500 and 600 years ago, the Christmas tree first appeared. Christmas caroling, about 800 years. Of course, they didn't call it Christmas caroling, but they called it caroling nonetheless. That's about 800 years ago. But you know, that's not so long ago when you talk about the birth of Christ, which is over 2,000 years ago. How many of you know that's a long time? <clears throat> In 2008, I got the opportunity to go to Israel with the with some of the folks here at the church, Carla and Justine and some other folks. And it's completely different in Israel. Because over here, if you live in an old house in the United States, it was probably built in the 1940s or 50s, something like that. If you live in an old house in America. <laughs> you know, maybe 50 or 60 years old, something like that. If you live in an old house in Israel... <laughs> it can be two or three hundred years old. In fact, 
over there is kind of a family. It's a family thing. It's a tradition. And I'm not really into this tradition, but it's still a tradition over there that you take the family house, and instead of the kids moving out, <laughs> yeah, some of you know where I'm going with this, don't you? <laughs> Are some of you guys trying to start that tradition over here? Huh? So instead of the kids moving out, they just build on to their current house. And you can tell by how big a family is by how many times. And you can see, you can tell how many times houses have been built onto. And you can tell they've got a lot of kids because it's built onto. One, two, three, four, five has been built onto all of those times. So, but it's important for us to realize that the origin of Christmas and where it all began was at the birth of Christ. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but... In America today, and really around the world, there is a battle going on. And yes, there's a battle going on for your loved ones and and your friends, and there's a battle going on for their soul. There's no doubt about that. God wants them to be born again and receive Christ, and the devil wants to take them to hell. There's a battle there. There's no doubt about that. But there's also a battle going on about the birth of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me, uh, how about if I come to you and say, happy holidays? Huh? That ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. Well, a lot of people don't like you saying Merry Christmas. Right? Well, what about a nativity scene? Do you know how many people are offended by a nativity scene? I mean, you can look, in the, it's almost every week in the, on, the, on the TV, in the news, that somebody has placed a lawsuit, and they've got to take, get rid of that nativity scene. And every time I see that, I wonder, is it, the, is it the baby in a manger? Is that what offends them? Or is it the wise men? Did that camel do something to them to offend them? <laughs> you know, I, you have to wonder, what, what is up? What is up with that? It makes no sense at all. You know what? You know what's happening now, and it's been going on for several, several years. Uh, now, and it's kind of a slow movement, but make no mistake about it, it is a movement. You know, now, if I was to say 200 years B.C., you would all know what I meant, right? 200 years before Christ was born, right? All right? Or if I was to say 280, which does actually not, most of you know this, I'm sure, does not mean after death. It, it's an anno domini. It's a Latin word for, you know what it means though? The year of the Lord. So that's how we tell time. That's how we judge dates. But you know what, the, what they do now? Now, in a lot of areas, so they won't offend anybody, they use common area. Common era, excuse me. Common era. Or, if it's before Christ, they used, they used before common era. Because we don't want to offend nobody. Even though. We know the truth. <laughs> and even though time is judged by the year of the Lord, and even though 
Christmas is Christ's holiday and Christian's holiday. You know what I say? Let them get their own holiday. Right? I remember uh, had a friend tell me one time when, when he was in prison... He said that, you know, at Christmas time, they got all kinds of stuff. You know, they had a big meal, and they got all kinds of stuff. And here them Muslims was in there, in there hoarding none of that stuff. And, and, uh, and he said, uh, I didn't think you guys believed in Jesus. And he, that's what he told him. Just go on and get your own stuff then if you don't believe in, in Jesus. So there's no doubt about it. The world is set on rewriting history. The world is set on rewriting the truth. All right? That brings me to my next point. The prophets of God wrote hundreds of years before Christ was born that he was coming. Hundreds of years. It was written down, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Inspired. The Holy Spirit inspired the prophets of God to foretell the coming of Jesus. Has anybody ever in here foretold what was going to happen next year or two years, let alone hundreds of years prior? Now, see that this is really important because if we don't understand the precision of these prophecies, <clears throat> excuse me, we will miss one of the greatest proofs or the, one of the greatest evidences of Christ himself. We'll miss that if we don't understand that. You see, because of these prophecies, prior to Jesus' coming, the world was expecting a king. They was looking for a king. The prophets in the Old Testament was, was written, had written about Jesus Christ, the coming Messiah. And that's why they was looking and expecting for a coming king. Not only that. The prophets had written, and I'm going to give you a few scriptures. I can't give you near all of them just for time's sake. But there is scripture after scripture. They knew about what time of year it would be. They knew what region, what not exactly, but what region he, was, he would be born. They knew all of these things about him before he ever got here. You know what that's called? That's called proof. That's called undeniable evidence. You don't think it is? All right. Well, let's see. Will you tell me of another religion that has proof like that? Huh? You tell me. Hey, if you don't think I don't like to argue, I like to argue. It don't bother. Right, Chris? That's right. That's my wife. That's right. I'll tell you what. We should never back up. Don't ever back up from, from the validity of history and science backing up your belief in the one and only Messiah. Don't ever back up. 
You have history on your side. You have science on your side. You've got astrology on your side. You've got archaeology on your side. All of that is on your side. I preached a sermon here uh, months ago now about good history. And what it was, it looked at history the way the secular world looked at history. Not the way Christians look at history, but the way the secular world looked at history. And you know what? The Bible and the accounts of the Bible are exactly right on line the way the secular world looks at history, and it's proven to be true. Amen. I'm going to work. i got to wake somebody up. Huh? Did I get you? No. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. I know I should. I'm sorry. <laughs> not, not, not really, I'm not. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, get, get this one. Now, I'm like 2,500 years ago. I told you about Santa Claus, and I told you about that stuff just being a, uh, you know, 100 and what was it, 85 years ago. I'm talking 2,500 years ago. Zechariah, the prophet of God, he wrote. He wrote in Zechariah 9.9. He says, Rejoice greatly, people of Israel. Shout for joy, people of Jerusalem. Your king is coming to you. And notice this. He does what is right and he saves. Glory to God. He is a gentle... And he rides on a donkey, in the donkey of a colt. Notice it says there, the king. The king. And then we see in Matthew 2, and, and then the wise men. So that was 2,500 years ago. And then, then we go back 1,500 years later when Christ came. The wise men come to see Jesus. And you know what the wise men said in Matthew 2? The wise men said, they didn't say, Where, where's that baby at? No. They said, where's the king? You see, those wise men, they wasn't going to no baby shower. Mm, glory to God. They was coming. They knew. They had read the scriptures. They had searched the scriptures. They knew that they was coming to bow down, and they was bringing gifts to bring to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Glory to God. Mm. Even though he was only a few days old, how did they know that he was a king? They had read it in the in the chronicles of the Bible, they had read all through the, all through the Old Testament. They studied the Old, Old Testament, rather. They had studied the Old Testament, and they knew. You know why they knew? You know the Scripture says they were wise men. They were, they were men of knowledge. Yes, they was wise, but more importantly, they were educated men. They were trained men. They were no dummies. The reason they knew they was coming to see the king is because God had showed them in his word. Because the prophets of old had written it down. Glory to God. Scripture also says that Jesus was born to a virgin. And you know the scriptures tells us that. Isaiah 7, 14, it says, and let me just throw this in. This was 
2,700 years ago. 2,700 years ago, the prophet Isaiah said, uh, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Now notice what it says there. We'll give you a sign. You and me, we have proof. We have evidence. We have a sign. And he says, the virgin will be pregnant. And she will have a son. And she will name him Emmanuel or translated is God with us. And then, of course, in Matthew 1, we see where the Virgin Mary is pregnant. But the Scriptures foretold us 2,700 years. Can you imagine, in that day, there would be people in the town that say, Yeah, did you hear that, 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 uh, that Mary's pregnant? You hear about that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's pregnant. Been sleeping around. Yeah. Man sleeping around, just like all them kids, them young kids, that's where they are. They sleep around all the time. It's rampant, rampant, I say, it's rampant. So you can do it to Matt. That's, that'd probably be one of my imitations from Sitco there in Wayne City. If, <laughs> <laughs> if, I, was, if I was a guest, and that, that, would, uh, that would be my translation there. But you, can you imagine... Hey, this, this might be more accurate than what I'm, the more I get in, this might be more accurate than what I was thinking originally. So you have people everywhere murmuring, you know, about this young lady being pregnant. And then you throw in there that she is a virgin. Oh, yeah, you know, you can just imagine what the world would say, okay? You can just imagine. But you know what? There is a lot of people in that village. Yeah, I know. I know. It was written in the Bible. 2,000 years ago, it was written in the Bible. All the prophets of God have written about of this virgin becoming pregnant and going to bring the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen. It's true. In Isaiah 9, it says, you know, sometimes we read the Bible way too fast. It says, for a child is born to us. And then I think just for good measure, God instructed Isaiah to say it again. A son will be given to us. Don't that sound like John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he give it? For the world. Not just you and me. Not just for the white people. Not just for the black people. But for all people. For all the world. Now notice this. The latter part of Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For the kingdom will rest upon his shoulders. I tell you this morning that the birth of Christ was told about hundreds of years before it, happening, before it happened. I also tell you this morning is when, when baby Jesus was laying there in a manger, he wasn't laying there as a baby. He was laying there as king of kings and lord of lords. He was laying there with the world of sin ready to be placed upon him. 2,700 years ago, Isaiah wrote that. Let's go back even farther. 2,800 years ago, the prophet Micah, he writes, Oh, Bethlehem. Oh, Bethlehem. Where was Jesus born? Oh, yeah, I forgot. 
Oh, Bethlehem, it says. Only a small village among all the people of Judea. Yet the ruler of Israel, whose origin is from distant path, it says. And then it says, will come from you on my behalf. This is God speaking through his prophet Micah. Then in Matthew 2, once again, it says the Messiah is born in Bethlehem. 800 years before Christ was born, it was prophesied that, be, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Let's go back even farther. 3,500 years ago, Moses writes in Numbers 24. He says, I see someone coming someday, someone who will come, but not soon. A star will come from Jacob. How did the wise men get to where exactly Jesus is the exact spot? How did they do that? A star. How, that's how, see, these scriptures, what I'm re- reading you this morning, these are the scriptures that the wise, educated men had read, and time and time again they had read them and studied them, and they knew the king was coming. Amen. Amen. Now, see where a lot of people get mixed up and is they was expecting, we could look at this in Matthew, they was expecting for a king with a crown and an army and a whole kingdom. But see, there's something that's more important than our actual king with an army, and that is a spiritual kingdom, a kingdom that has no end, a kingdom that is alive today, It'll be alive next year, and a thousand years from now, it will be alive. And it'll still have the same king. Now, the question really is this morning, is he your king? He wants to be. He wants to be your king. So this morning, we're not talking about Santa or the reindeers or the, or the presents or the trees. We're talking about the King of kings and Lord of lords. We're talking about the expected king that was written in the Word of God. And he has arrived just like the prophet said he would. Just like it was written hundreds of years before it actually happened. Hallelujah. You know, I'll tell you what, I'll just be honest with you. I love the food this time of year. Can I, surely I can get an amen over that. My goodness. The presents are great. How many of you got a great present underneath the tree? I do have, and I know what it is. Isn't it great when you know what the present is? I like that better. <clears throat> the food's great, the prints are great, the Christmas lights are great, but we need to make sure we don't forget the real meaning of Christmas, the real reason for Christmas. You know, it's really like Rebecca said last Sunday. She said, and, and I mentioned it two or three times, even this morning, excuse me. See, God has given us, the whole world, all of mankind, a present. And it's, and it's all wrapped up, right? Yes. And here's what we have to do. We have to make a choice to unwrap that or not. 
We have to make a choice to pull on that bow. And the way we start doing that is by hearing the truths about him. And when we hear the truths about him, faith starts to grow inside of us. And we, when we reach that point that we understand what happened and we reach that point where we have faith inside of us, you know what we'll do? How can I? <laughs> we will do like many of our kids are going to do. Give me, give me a present. Give me a present. That's what we'll do. When we finally realize that this coming Messiah came for me and then he come to wash all your sins away. He came for you to have a fresh start. Oh my goodness. I, I just can't, I just, oh man, I'll tell you. I can't imagine where I would be today if God hadn't given me a fresh start. So, so that this is, it's real simple, and this is it. No matter where you've been in the past, no matter what you've done, that this is the message of Christmas right here. No matter how dark it's been, no matter how dark it is today, God has set this whole thing up where you can start a whole new life. You can change it all. I'm not saying there won't be consequences to your old life, but you can start fresh. And the scripture calls it being born again. What a great phrase, isn't it? Isn't that a great phrase? You know, how many want to go? I, I don't know if I would want to or not go back to my high school years or something, you know, you think about it, it sounds great, but do you ever think you might not live through it a second time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might do worse a second time. A lot of times we think, no, I'd do better. No, you don't know that. But the reason Jesus came was so that you and I could have a redo. Anybody here play golf? How many, how many mulligans do you get per 18 holes? Huh? That's, that's what this is. It is a chance to start over. Hmm. It's a chance to do everything differently. And the reason that is is because the expected king has come to this earth. And he lives today. He's not dead. He is alive. He is the king over his kingdom. And his kingdom is a victorious kingdom. Amen. Amen. He is currently in heaven, seated at the right hand of God. His kingdom is alive, like I said. It is here today. And you can be a part of that. That eternal kingdom that has no end. Christmas is not about Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus, the elves and reindeers. It's about the greatest gift God has ever given mankind. And that is a gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. The gift of the new birth. The gift of a second chance at life. Will you stand with me, please? Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we praise you and worship you. Oh, Father, let us just come to the realization and the revelation that you are the reason for the season. 
we're coming up on the time, Father, that is a most dramatic demonstration of your love that you've ever given. And that is a life of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Father, for his coming. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for the forgiveness that only comes through you. Heavenly Father, we just praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to share one last thing with you. Now, if you need something from God, if you've got a situation in your life, in your family, bring it to God. God wants you to. You know the scripture, and and, and when I first realized this scripture, and it's a classic scripture, many of you know it. But when when I first read this scripture, I thought, does everybody not know this? I mean, am I the only one that has read this? I mean, does everybody not know? It's in Peter. It says, it's God's will for none to perish, but all come to repentance and come to the revelation of Jesus Christ. Man. That means that God wants none of your family members to go to hell. He doesn't want none of your friends to go to hell. And I will declare to you today, this is the best season ever to share your faith. You don't have to go to John 3.16. You don't have to do that. Tell them what God has done in your life. You know that this is, and it's really scriptural. Just tell them, this is how I was, and this is how I am now. I was bad, and I'm not perfect, but I'm saved. And I know it. And I know in my heart that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no more powerful testimony than that. Amen. If you have a need this morning, please come. If you've never received Christ as Lord and Savior, please come and we'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.